and we need a just transition. And a just transition means that reclaimers must be recognized as the central players that they are so that they can be centrally involved in the decisions around what is the more sustainable alternative that we're moving towards. And so supporting reclaimers now is crucial to building a more just and sustainable future. Welcome to Urban Limitrophe, a Toronto-based podcast exploring the global African experience by highlighting the various initiatives happening in cities across the African continent and occasionally the diaspora to creatively solve problems, support communities, create vibrant urban spaces, and build better cities overall. I'm your host, Alexandra, and join me as I explore this episode's topic. This episode is sponsored by the University of Toronto School of Cities and co-supported by the Department of Geography and Planning. The School of Cities convenes urban-focused researchers, educators, students, practitioners, and the general public to explore and address complex urban challenges with the aim of making cities and urban regions more sustainable, prosperous, inclusive, and just. To learn more about their work, visit www.schoolofcities.utoronto.ca. On October 1st, the United Nations World Habitat Day's theme was all about waste-wise cities and urging municipalities around the world to improve their solid waste management systems for the good of our current and future environment, communities, and economies. And so, UN Habitat released a report called Waste-Wise Cities, a call for action to address the municipal solid waste challenge, outlining what governments, the private and public sector, school systems, NGOs, and other institutions can do to help improve how their cities deal with waste. According to UN Habitat, in 2010, cities worldwide produced more than 1.3 billion tons of solid waste. As cities continue to grow, so will the amount of waste, and by 2025, they project that 2.2 billion tons will be produced annually, which is, and I quote, the equivalent weight of the Great Pyramid of Giza in trash every single day. That's a lot of waste. And that's a lot more waste than most cities know what to do with, because unfortunately, as important as waste management systems can be to a healthy city, investments in this sector are low. But what caught my eye about this call for action was how they mentioned that the regularization of informal waste pickers was an important step in helping cities become waste wise. In fact, establishing better working conditions for waste workers is one of the 12 principles of becoming a waste wise city. That's because despite the essential work that waste pickers, also referred to as waste reclaimers, do for cities worldwide, their efforts to earn a livelihood and help keep cities healthy and clean often go unrecognized, and they face stigmatization and violence that unfortunately can sometimes result in fatalities. So I was grateful to chat with Dr. Melanie Sampson, currently a professor at the University of Johannesburg, way back in May, to learn about waste reclaimers' work, the injustices they face in trying to do their job, and why in cities around the world that rely on waste reclaimers, there can be no successful recycling system without the inclusion of their perspectives and knowledge. Melanie has spent years studying this topic in the South African context and working closely with the African Reclaimers Organization, also known as ARO, in its efforts to secure not only payment for their labor, but the recognition they deserve, both from citizens who may unknowingly benefit from their hard work and policymakers nationwide. Because in some cities like Johannesburg, they thought that the best solution to improve their waste management was to privatize waste collection, which not only proved to be inefficient, but ended up further marginalizing waste reclaimers and putting their livelihoods in jeopardy. 
In fact, according to Arrow's website, on September 2, 2018, Arrow was formed as a response to the city of Johannesburg's decision to displace informal recyclers who collect in the streets by paying private companies to collect recyclables from high-income areas in the city. The city pays these companies to do the work that reclaimers do for free. And when I spoke with Melanie back in May, it was right after the successful petition to the city of Johannesburg and their private waste collection company Pick It Up that demanded that they put a stop to their proposed recycling fee as it further threatened waste reclaimers' livelihoods and that they consult with reclaimers to create a reclaimer-based recycling system. So to learn more, let's tune in. Uh, my name is Dr. Melanie Sampson. I'm a human geographer at Wits University in Johannesburg. And for the past decade or so, all of my research and activism have uh, focused on doing research with and accompanying reclaimers, or some people call them waste pickers, people who collect reusable and recyclable materials to earn a living. And so can you explain like the difference between these terms, waste pickers or waste reclaimers? Thanks for asking that question, because the politics of how we name people is really, really important. And in many countries and many languages for many years, um, people referred to the workers who, who do this job as scavengers, which is completely dehumanizing and absolutely inappropriate. Many NGOs use the words waste picker. And some, some, some of the workers use this name for themselves. But in Johannesburg, uh, the, the workers have chosen to call themselves reclaimers, which is, I think, a much more appropriate name because as they say, they're not picking up waste. You know, they're not picking up, you know, dirty diapers. They are salvaging materials that still have value. So they are reclaiming value. And that's why I use that name. Yeah, I think that also helps to um, maybe like demystify <laughs> the work that they do, because I know there is also a lot of stigma around the people who do this kind of work. And I think, yeah, that spin on reclaimers helps to explain a bit more how they're really integrated into this broader cycle of yeah reclaiming waste and like helping cities in a number of different ways. Which leads me to my next question is, why are waste reclaimers so beneficial for cities? In South Africa and across the global south in post-colonial cities, it's reclaimers who have created the recycling systems. They saw the potential value in a way to earn an income long before governments became interested in, uh, in extracting recyclables from the waste streams. So for example, in South Africa, reclaimers salvage 80 to 90% of the post-consumer packaging and paper recyclables that are diverted from landfills into recycling. And because they're stopping materials from going to landfills, my colleague, Linda Godfrey, um, found that reclaimers in South Africa save municipalities up to 748 million rand a year in landfill airspace. So they are, you know, they're extending the lives of landfills. They're providing a low carbon service. They are the only ones who are doing any meaningful work to ensure that recyclables are reused rather than being uh, buried. But reclaimers are also performing other really important work. So first of all, in Johannesburg, one of the most unequal cities in the world, the reclaimers are informally redistributing the city's wealth. Wealthy people have so much, they're just throwing perfectly valuable things away. And because of the failure of government to ensure that inequities in the economy are addressed, they are redistributing this wealth in, in their own way. The street reclaimers are also 
doing crucial work in transforming the city. Because when reclaimers, who are predominantly African um, in other parts of the country, predominantly colored and poor, they get the best materials in the wealthy areas of the city. So by moving into those spaces, they're unsettling these you know, post-apartheid boundaries of race and class as they move through spaces where they're not supposed to be. So they are really kind of helping in a very grounded way to transform the city. And the last thing I want to say is, you know, they're also very valuable to analysis of cities, right? Because um, what they do is they provide us with different eyes and a different lens to understand the way that society, polity, economy are actually constituted. Uh, I feel like the whole aspect of like race reclaiming is very different from like the global north, like in Canada or in Toronto where I am, where you have these systems that are well established and you don't even think about, it's kind of like a thankless job, honestly, <laughs> whether it's here, or whether it's there, but I feel like even more so in the race reclaiming situation, because like we mentioned before, there's all that stigma, but also there's lack of recognition of the different perspectives that they have to offer and how useful they are to our cities. That's like, that's really wild that 80 to 90% of the waste is collected by them and repurposed. And yeah, so many resources that are diverted from, from landfills, such an important role, but yeah, but not a lot of praise for what the work they're doing. Yeah. And it's been completely invisible for so many years. Yeah. Can you walk us through the process of waste reclaiming? Because I understand there's a number of different ways to go about it. And I'm just wondering how they do it. In South Africa, there's basically two types of reclaimers. There's reclaimers who work in the streets and there's reclaimers who work on the landfills. So the reclaimers who work in the streets, what they mainly do is they will wake up at 3 a.m. so that in our post-apartheid city, they can walk all the way to the wealthier areas where people are throwing away valuable recyclables. And then they will go through the rubbish bins to extract the, the valuable materials that we middle-class people just so unconsciously throw into the trash. They'll take those materials and transport them on these amazing trolleys that they've, that they've built uh, out of old shopping carts. And then begins this whole process of washing the materials, categorizing the materials, sorting the materials. They also need to have an understanding of the market to know which materials have more value on which days and who buys materials and sells the highest prices. And so there's a, really a lot of economic analysis uh, that goes into the work that they're doing, you know, on top of the physical labor and the uh, intellectual labor of, of really knowing why recycling needs to be done and how it can be done. So those are the street reclaimers. The landfill reclaimers, they call themselves the last defense in the recycling system because materials that street reclaimers haven't managed to get all end up at the landfill. And if those reclaimers weren't there, they would just be buried in what I call commodity cemeteries. You know, those are the places try to hide the things we don't want anymore. And for them, their work is very dangerous because if a municipality doesn't try to assist them by asking the, you know, the trucks to give them time. They're fighting against these trucks to, to get materials out. And we do have cases in uh, all of the cities where reclaimers have been killed by these trucks. And that's so unfortunate because it's so simple to reach an agreement with reclaimers that gives them time to extract the materials, which extends the life of the dump for the city itself. And then those landfill reclaimers do all of the same kind of work of cleaning and sorting um, and selling. And I should note that reclaimers uh, on the street and in the landfills are also collecting reusable items 
and items that they can uh, make new exciting uh, products for to also sell in the informal economy or or use themselves. And that's really important because when cities do recycling, they only focus on the recyclables. And so all of those reusable materials go to waste, but it's reclaimers who are extracting those and then redistributing them. So given that this is an informal sector, you know, and there's, they're not getting any help from the municipalities in any way, not even at the dump site, not even in terms of transportation, but like, I'm just thinking about the cleaning process that you're talking about. Yeah, where do they go to do that? Or how does that work? So at the landfills, uh, usually, you know, at the base of the mountain of trash, um, <laughs> yeah. then reclaimers will have sorting spaces where they take the materials and then you sort them and you clean them there. And it's always a challenge to find water to do the cleaning. For the street reclaimers, at least in Johannesburg, they all have regular sorting spaces. And, and this is one of the big issues, is that the city in Johannesburg and most of the cities in South Africa don't provide reclaimers with any places where they can safely sort and store their material. Then they get very upset that reclaimers are doing that in parks. So an easy thing cities should be doing is providing them with that space. But for now, they're having to find and create their own spaces, often beside their own homes. So you mentioned barriers that they are facing. Can you explain yeah, a bit more of the other barriers and injustices that they're facing in trying to do their work? Reclaimers face so many barriers and injustices in their work that it's really hard to know where to start. Um, first of all, it's the way in which they're dehumanized, stigmatized, criminalized, and so residents will chase them away. Security guards are told to chase them away. They get harassed by the police. Police and security guards will often steal their materials, take them away, destroy their carts. So those are some kinds of barriers. There's also a real barrier that they are not seen as people who have any knowledge or anything to contribute. So they're excluded from all of the discussions about recycling systems in the cities. And the key barrier that reclaimers are facing right now in Johannesburg and many cities across the global south is that cities, municipalities are contracting for-profit private companies, paying them huge amounts of money to collect recyclables. But these are the same recyclables that the reclaimers have been collecting for decades. And, you know, they rely on this to feed themselves and their families, send their kids to school and university. And so there's major dispossession and uh, destruction of their jobs. And so on that note, talking about their livelihoods, as part of the waste reclaiming process, how do they earn their money? And if you know, on average, how much do they earn? Great question. Right now, there's only one way that reclaimers are earning their money, and that's through the sale of the materials that they collect. And because most of them don't have motorized transport, they're really limited in choice in who they sell to. And, you know, once when I was at a garbage dump and a reclaimer was complaining to a buyer about how little they were being paid for the materials, the buyer said to him, but you get the material for free. And that, that is absolutely untrue because they spend hours and hours of their labor collecting these materials. So reclaimers are being profoundly exploited in the recycling value chain. What we're introducing in South Africa now with extended producer responsibility, companies are going to have to pay reclaimers for the recycling collection service that they provide. And that will make a huge difference in their incomes because right now the cities and industry pay the private companies a collection service fee, but expect reclaimers to do it for free. And we're just beginning to change that. 
So can you explain a bit more about this program and how you're implementing that? Right now, the only income that reclaimers earn is when they sell the recyclables and they are paid a very small amount of money for that. They're not paid for the collection service that they're providing to move the recyclables from people's houses into the recycling value chain, even though municipalities pay private companies to do that. So for the past three years, uh, the African Reclaimers Organization, which is this really incredible mass-based democratic movement of reclaimers in Johannesburg, they've been running a pilot project to show that they can provide a a well-functioning service to collect the recyclables. And they've got donor funding where they're being paid a service fee Um, that depends on the weight of the materials that they collect. And so what we've done through this pilot project is proven that reclaimers can provide this collection service in a regular way, and that there are ways to pay individual uh, reclaimers. And now that our new national regulations on extended producer responsibility say that industry has to pay reclaimers for the service they provide, we have a way that we can implement that across the country. That's amazing. And that segues to my other question. I know that you're working on a petition recently that was essentially addressing the city of Johannesburg's efforts to continue the privatization of this work and really pushing out the waste reclaimers in this process and yeah, just kind of taking over. And so do you want to share a bit about like the petition, what's like the state of affairs, how we got to this point and yeah, what you've been trying to do with the organization you're working with? Recently, the city of Johannesburg announced that it was going to start charging households a fee to have their recyclables collected each month. But the city explicitly said this was to pay private companies to collect the recyclables. And the African Reclaimers Organization ran an incredible campaign where they called on residents across the city to support them in opposing the new levy and insisting that reclaimers uh, should be the people who are providing the the recycling collection service. And over 3,500 residents signed the petition. And in one of those rare moments, we had a victory and last week backed down and said that it's not gonna charge the fee, but now the challenge is to ensure that they work closely with the African Reclaimers Organization in order to develop a meaningful recycling system that's rooted in the what the reclaimers are already doing and that fully integrates the city into the reclaimers recycling system. I'm glad that the efforts of the petition have been fruitful. So that being said, what kind of supports or like partnership or additional policy changes would you like from the city to, in order to help the organization you're working with, but also help raise reclaimers in doing their work in a more meaningful way, in a more also safer way too? The policy terrain in South Africa has shifted dramatically in the past few years. So whereas all of the policy in the past focused on getting rid of reclaimers, between 2016 and 2019, I facilitated a process for national government where we brought together all of the key parties in the sector to develop a guideline on waste picker integration for South Africa that sets out how reclaimers need to be officially integrated. And then last year in 2020, our national waste management strategy said that all of the metropolitan municipalities need to be integrating reclaimers starting this year in 2021. 
So the main thing that uh, municipalities like Johannesburg need to do is they need to start acknowledging these new requirements, including them in their municipal plans. And then most importantly, what we say in the guideline is they have to set up committees with reclaimers. They have to acknowledge that they cannot do reclaimer integration top down. It needs to be a process led and driven by reclaimers, and they need to work with reclaimers to develop a recycling system that's appropriate for the city. So until now, the city's been focusing on these little charity projects. Oh, we'll give you some trolleys. Oh, we'll give you some uniforms. That's not what we need. We need an entire transformation of the system that puts reclaimers at the heart of it so that reclaimers are leading the way in terms of how they should be integrated. Going back to stigmatization of the waste reclaimers, and also the community is not being fully aware of the work that they're doing. So what are some ways you think the municipality or any other partnerships that can help reduce that stigma and get waste reclaimers to be like meaningfully engaged with the community so that they understand the value of what they're bringing so that they're not facing all this like harassment and issues. And yeah, you're talking about the dumb site really, <laughs> really hurts to think about um, them trying to do their work and, and not being able to do it safely. So yeah, just your thoughts on that. In terms of addressing stigmatization, the first thing that municipalities need to do is to address their own stigmatization of reclaimers and their discrimination against reclaimers. And so the first thing that needs to happen is there needs to be internal education of municipal officials and particularly of the elected representatives so that they understand the role that reclaimers are playing. They understand how reclaimers are assisting them and how they are actually now required as the municipality to work with reclaimers. It's only once we get that change of mindset that the city is going to start working in different ways with reclaimers. And then in terms of how municipalities can support that shift amongst residents is they need to proactively and very publicly support reclaimers in their existing work. So they need to provide them with uniforms, with identification cards. They need to provide them with spaces where they can sort and store their materials. And they need the municipality needs to have active campaigns to engage residents to say that they should separate materials for reclaimers. And the municipality can also be setting up, you know, social events um, for residents to meet reclaimers. And in Brazil, many years ago, the city of Belo Horizonte, they used to have, you know, Brazilians love their carnivals. So they used to have a carnival for the reclaimers there where they would be celebrated. Um, I think there's a tremendous amount that municipalities can and should be doing, but right now they are actually the main problem. And so, at least in Johannesburg, this is a process that is being driven from below. So it's because reclaimers are mobilizing and organizing in Arrow. They are speaking on radio. They are making it known what contributions that they make. Um, they are actively engaging residents. That's shifting resident mindsets. but. Also in Johannesburg, Arrow has been really consciously creating uh, relationships with residents. So we now have an Arrow Solidarity Committee where residents who are working with Arrow to separate materials from reclaimers and also supporting Arrow in its struggles, um, they are the ones who are now educating each other. So two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had the first meeting called by 
active resident associations inviting other resident associations to come and meet with them and Arrow to learn about how they can work with reclaimers. And members of the Solidarity Committee are also writing pamphlets and starting to run education for other residents. And I think it's only this power from below that's gonna bring about real change in the municipality. No, I agree that the work that they're doing is testimony of that. That's what I've learned from a lot of these organizations that I've been talking to in a lot of these movements is that, yeah, if it's not community led, usually a lot of things get left out, but the community knows what's best and waste reclaimers know what's best. And I think, as you said it, there's no, there's no recycling without the reclaimers either. So they have to be included in the, in the conversation or leading the conversation as much as possible. Absolutely. And so what is the best way for people to get involved in supporting this movement, supporting waste reclaimers and getting the recognition they deserve and improving their uh, work conditions in whatever city that they're in? There are so many different ways that residents can be supporting reclaimers. And the very first one is, you know, just start separating your recyclables and putting them out. Um, But linked to that is talking, getting to know the people who are coming and collecting from you to create that social relationship and also to find out what it is that they're looking for, right? So you can make a tremendous difference in someone's life just by doing that because it improves their working conditions and it makes them more comfortable in the area. Other things that that residents can do um, is talk to your neighbors and then decide you're going to recycle with reclaimers and then meet with the group of reclaimers who are working there and decide to collaborate with each other Another thing that you can be doing is to create a more welcoming space. So in one of our suburbs in Joburg and Brixton, residents first started separating for reclaimers and then they started, you know, putting out tea and coffee and um, giving reclaimers access to their Wi-Fi and water. So, So you can do those kinds of things. And then in addition, it's about if there are organizations of reclaimers in in the area where you live, really getting to know them and asking them how you can support them and then getting other residents to support. But also crucially, it is about petitioning, engaging, protesting your government so that they don't contract these private companies and so that they work with reclaimers. And other things that can be done, whether it's in the North or in the South to support reclaimers in the South is, if you're a teacher, then do classes on, uh, on reclaimers and the work that they do and, uh, you know, link up with reclaimers and have them come in and visit and talk to you. So it's just about transforming this consciousness. And then, of course, organizations like uh, Arrow need funding. So um, there can also be ways of, of providing funding, but it's the solidarity that's really more important to them. Yeah, it's really great to hear that how uh yeah how i guess like you could say like the tide is turning (laughs) hopefully and in in the positive direction and that there's yeah it's i'm still wrapping my head around all the different things that they do and and just yeah just how overlooked it is but it's something so so important because i'm like if they weren't doing the work they're doing i know um like the city in Johannesburg in particular is, is dealing with um, the rate of their landfills. They're, they're, they're filling up rather quickly. And so, you know, without the work they were doing, who knows where the city would be. But yeah, but the fact that they're like just overlooked like that doesn't make sense. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, can, I, can I just say two things before sure. we go? Yeah. yeah. So I think 
It's really important to recognize that recycling is not the answer to our environmental problems. And then many people will say, so why are you working with reclaimers and supporting them? And the reason why this is crucially important is that they are doing this work right now. And some recycling will be continuing as we move forward and we need a just transition. And a just transition means that reclaimers must be recognized as the central players that they are so that they can be centrally involved in the decisions around what is the more sustainable alternative that we're moving towards. And so supporting reclaimers now is crucial to building a more just and sustainable future. And actually, before we wrap up, I just wanted to follow up on some of the points that you had raised earlier in the interview that I think are worth diving deeper into just so that those listening and myself included can get a fuller image about waste reclaimers work and their role in the city. So we were talking previously about how waste reclaimers earn their wages from selling their materials to different buyers. And so I was wondering, who are these buyers exactly? Ideally, reclaimers should be selling their materials directly to the companies that are going to recycle them. But there are many, many, many people and companies in between the reclaimers and those recycling companies. So typically reclaimers sell to a small buyback center um, that will be in a convenient location. And those buyback centers, all they do is aggregate the materials and then sell them on for a much higher price. Yeah, so everyone's exploiting them, (laughs) essentially. And one of the things that Johannesburg has been doing is spending a lot of time and money helping to create new buyback centers run by unemployed people. And rather than creating a new layer between the reclaimers and the recycling companies, what the city should be doing is supporting the reclaimers to sell their materials collectively en masse to uh, higher up in the value chain so that they can get higher prices. Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. I know in your work, you write about the difference between separation at source versus separation outside of source systems. And while I know that you touched on this in some of your answers already, just so we have a clearer understanding, can you explain how these two systems work? So separation at source is really simple. It just means that residents are asked to separate their recyclables from their trash put the recyclables outside separately, and then they're collected um, and to be recycled instead of going to the landfill. Anyone can be doing that collection. But around the world, municipalities assume it has to be a private company who does that. And that displaces the reclaimers. And I use this term separation outside source to recognize that for decades, We as residents have not been separating, but the reclaimers have been coming to our homes, digging into our trash because we threw our recyclables there and they are separating it for us. So we have a very well-functioning, efficient separation outside source system. And we need to have separation at source that builds on that so that it's reclaimers who are collecting the recyclables that have been separated and not private companies. Because when private companies go in, the reclaimers are pushed out, they lose their jobs. But in addition, private companies won't go into the bin and get out the materials that we are still putting there. So the reclaimers are much more efficient and more effective at extracting recyclables from the waste stream than the private companies are. Yeah, that's an interesting point. 
And, and it just reminds me in, in Toronto a few years back, actually, we faced a similar, let's say, debate regarding um, privatization of our waste management system versus keeping it as a public asset. Similarly to, I think, like the cities they're talking about, the city was pushing that, you know, privatization is the best way because what I understood was that it would be less expensive. But then other reports are coming out saying like, no, that's not, that's not the truth. <laughs> that's not true at all. No, it's very true. And so... Well, yeah, actually, can you explain a little bit about that then? Yeah, about why that's not the case. I understand, contrarily to like working with a corporate or a private company, they would be like charged a fee versus the waste reclaimers. They're only getting their fee like at the end of the process, so to speak. But if there's more to that, can you elaborate? So in Johannesburg, the city contracted two private companies to collect recyclables. Um, they pay those companies a flat rate per household in the area. So those companies get paid, whether you put out your recyclables, whether a reclaimer gets the material first. So it is a dramatic um, misallocation of municipal funding. And in addition, the, the municipality needs to pay the private company enough that it can make a profit. So there is absolutely no way um, that this is Makes, it makes more financial sense to contract a private company than to pay a reclaimer uh, who is also providing a low carbon service. And then I also imagine, I guess with a waste reclaimer, you could say, yeah, they're a lot more effective. Like you're saying, since they're actually like get, digging into people's garbage and actually pulling out, uh, pulling out the resources that, that residents have missed and actually putting those into this reclaiming system, Versus, let's say, a private company that just kind of picks up everything and just kind of throws it. So I imagine their efficiency levels are a lot less as well. So Johannesburg has been running this pilot project where it contracted two private companies to collect recyclables. In the first year of that contract, those contractors and everyone else Pick It Up was working with only collected 27,000 tons of recyclables in the entire year. In the pilot project we're doing with Arrow, the reclaimers collect 128 kgs a day each. We've got 8,000 reclaimers in Johannesburg. So if they're all collecting the same amount, they need 27 days to collect the same amount of materials as Pick It Up and the private companies did in an entire year. They are so much more efficient than private companies. Mm -hmm. Which makes it all the more infuriating <laughs> that they're yes. not recognized for what they do. So I understand why you're so passionate about this subject. <laughs> There's a lot and there. And thanks for that. being so interested. Thanks for being interested. It's great. No problem. No, it's it's totally interesting. Um, it's something that I've slowly been more and more interested the more I unpack it and think about the different ways that there's a lot of like like pun intended wasted opportunity with waste and <laughs> <in> the way. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There is still a long way to go in integrating waste reclaimers into the municipal waste management system. For example, earlier on in the pandemic, COVID-19 has been especially hard on these workers because although waste management was identified by the city of Johannesburg to be an essential service, unfortunately, waste reclaimers in the informal recycling sector were not deemed essential, prohibiting them from working and earning a living. But as Melanie shared as a result of Arrows and other waste reclaimers organizing and campaigning over the years, these unsung heroes are just beginning to go from being ignored to being recognized both locally and around the world. For example, 
In the months since our discussion, Arrow has gone on to win the World Wildlife Funds, also known as the WWF's first Living Planet Award for organizations. And their efforts are also being celebrated by local people. For example, there's a collective of artists who have begun painting the side of Waste Reclaimers' trolleys with art to personalize them and to make them more visible when they're working along the road. And after checking in with Melanie, I received some additional updates. First and foremost, there's the creation of the Waste Picker Integration Guidelines for South Africa that Melanie mentioned during our discussion. In fun fact, Melanie was actually the author and facilitator of the participatory process that brought it to life. Then there's South Africa's 2020 National Waste Management Strategy that outlines that all metropolitan areas must integrate reclaimers starting in 2021 and other municipalities in 2024. And lastly, there's now a requirement in South Africa's Extended Producer Responsibility Regulations that waste reclaimers must be paid for the service that they provide. Thanks for listening to this episode. To learn more about the African Reclaimers Organization, please visit www.africanreclaimers.org. To learn more about Dr. Melanie Sampson and her work, you can email her at melanies.uj.ac.za. For this episode's show notes and other resources, make sure to visit www.urbanlimitrophe.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media at Urban Limitrophe to stay up to date and stay tuned for new episodes coming your way. Until next time.